Section 6 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Section 6. Observation 3. Of fine lawn or linen cloth. This is another product of art, a piece of the finest lawn I was able to get, so curious that the threads were scarce discernible by the naked eye, and yet, through an ordinary microscope, you may perceive what a goodly place of coarse matting it is, what proportionable cords each of the threads are, being not unlike, both in shape and size, the bigger and coarser kind of single rope yarn, wherewith they usually make cables. That which makes the lawn so transparent is by the microscope, nay, by the naked eye, if attentively viewed, plainly enough evident to be the multitude of square holes which are left between the threads, appearing to have much more holes in respect to the intercurrent parts than is for the most part left in a lattice window, which it does a little resemble, only the crossing parts are round and not flat. These threads that compose the fine texture, though they are as small as those that constitute the finer sorts of silks, have notwithstanding nothing of their glossy, pleasant, and lively reflection. Nay, I have been informed, both by the inventor himself and several other eyewitnesses, that though the flax, out of which is made, has been, by a singular art, of that excellent person and noble virtuoso, Mr. Charles Howard, brother to the Duke of Norfolk, so curiously dressed and prepared, as to appear both to the eye and the touch, full as fine and as glossy, and to receive all kinds of colours, as well as sleep silk, yet when the silken flax is twisted into threads, it quite looseth its former lustre, and becomes as plain and base a thread to look on as one of the same bigness made of common flax. The reason of which odd phenomenon seems no other than this. Though the curiously dressed flax has its parts so exceedingly small as to equalize, if not to be much smaller than the clue of the silkworm, especially in thinness, yet the differences between the figures of the constituting filaments are so great, and their substance so various, that whereas those of the silk are small, round, hard, transparent, and to their bigness proportionally stiff so as each filament preserve its proper figure and consequently its vivid reflection entire though twisted into a thread if not too hard those of flax are flat limber softer and less transparent and in twisting into a thread they join and lie so close together as to lose their own and destroy each other's particular reflections there seems therefore three particular very requisite to make the so dressed flax appear silk also when spun into threads first that the substance of it should be made more clear and transparent flax retaining it in a kind of opacitating brown or yellow and the parts of the whitest kind i have yet observed with a microscope appearing white like flawed horn or glass rather than like clear horn or glass next that the filaments should each of them be rounded that could be done which yet is not so very necessary if the first be performed and the third which is that each of the small filaments be stiffened for though they be square or flat provided they be transparent and stiff much the same appearances must necessarily follow now though i have not yet made trial yet i doubt not but that both these properties may be also induced upon the flex and perhaps two by one and the same expedient which some trials may quickly inform any ingenious attemper of who from the use and profit of such an invention may find sufficient argument to be prompted to such inquiries as for a tendency of the substance of flax out of which the thread is made it seems much inferior to that one of silk the one being a vegetable the other an animal substance and whether it proceed from the better concoction or the more homogeneous constitution of animal substances above those of vegetables 
I do not determine, since I generally find that vegetable substances do not equalize the tendency of animal, nor these the tendency of some purified mineral substances. I am very apt to think that the tendency of bodies does not proceed from the hamus or hooked particles, as the Epicureans and some modern philosophers have imagined, but from the more exact congruity of the constituent parts which are contiguous to each other and so bulky as not to be easily separated or shattered by any small poles or concussions of heat. End of section 6.